Welcome to the Cardboard Herald Reviews, where we give you audio versions of our game reviews, then go behind the scenes of our creative process. Terraforming Mars, Hellas and Elysium, designed by Jacob Frixelius, published by Stronghold Games and Frix Games, 2017. Hellas and Elysium is not an expansion. It does not expand the game. It does not add more mechanics. Heck, it doesn't even have a single component outside of the double-sided board. And you know what? I'm totally cool with that. For a game as systems-heavy as TM, I was actually a bit relieved when I found out that this new expansion is more of an officially produced variant. Like the best remix albums, Hellas and Elysium gives us a new way to enjoy the same great game. What's new? Hellas and Elysium is about as sparse as you can get, a double-sided board vacuum-sealed with a rule sheet serving as both a reference and sleeve. Both sides of the board are new maps to explore, each with their own unique geography, awards, milestones, and color schemes. As with the colonialists of old, it's thrilling to see new uncharted land pillage and sculpt into the industrial paradise that our mega-corporation hearts desire. But to be clear, these are not sideboards added to the game. Each is a replacement that can be swapped out with the basic Mars board. Otherwise, setup remains exactly the same. While the new layouts of Mars present fresh opportunities and challenges encouraging the terraforming process to take shape in different ways, it's the new awards and milestones that make the expansion come to life. Some, like Elysium's Desert Settler, which grants points for having the most tiles in the bottom four rows, encourage you to interact with the game in ways specific to the map you're playing on, forcing you to judge the value of investing in a land entirely devoid of precious plants. On the other hand, others like Hellas's Diversifier or Tactician, which require that you have eight different tags or five cards with requirements in play, are fantastic ways of completely reassessing the cards from the base game that you become so familiar with. Is it good? The two things I love most about these boards are the new achievements and the color scheme. I know it's a petty thing to harp on about, but back in my Terraforming Mars review, I did bring up how garish the Disco Thanksgiving palette was, and it's amazing just how much more cohesive the blue and green point tracks make the whole game look. As for the awards and milestones, they are brilliant. As for the awards and milestones, they are brilliantly designed. Simultaneously intuitive, yet completely fresh, they revitalize the game by giving much more situational value to your cards. As with the base game, I think the awards and milestones are what create the most tense moments and dry player interactivity in the game. On the other hand, I'm pretty underwhelmed by the new topography of the boards. Not that they're bad, mind you, it's just that it really hasn't made the game feel any different. Sure, some cards like Capital City will feel more or less powerful depending on the map, but overall it just seems like the same old barren landscape from before. The only reason why these new maps need to exist is that some of the aforementioned achievements make sense, and even those could have been retooled to not rely on the board. Should you get it? If you were only on the fence about the original or were hoping that this expansion would somehow fix the game, you're out of luck. Hellas and Elysium adds exactly zero new mechanics to the game, instead remixing concepts in place from the start. But for the diehard terraformers such as myself, yeah, I think these new boards are great. 
while wholly unnecessary, they still manage to preserve the purity of the game I love while giving me totally new ways of enjoying it. If you love Terraforming Mars, but your corporate greed is no longer sated by the base game alone, I think Hellas and Elysium is a no-brainer. Venus Next, designed by Jacob Frixelius, published by Stronghold Games and Frix Games 2017. Some expansions deepen a game while others broaden them. While neither is inherently better than the other, the latter is difficult to pull off well. Yet in spite of some missteps, Venus Next does it well, delivering more Mars, well, actually Venus, without disrupting the core Marsy goodness that you love. What's new? Venus Next adds a new sideboard, a few new corporations, a new ward and milestone, and a metric boatload of extra project cards. We use metric to be precise about these things. The new Venus board adds a fourth track to pump up and get sweet, sweet terraforming rating, though the Venus board is totally optional as it's not required to trigger the end of the game. After all, this is still terraforming Mars. Venus is just like a tantalizing extra nugget for your corporations to gobble up for their exploitative, economic, and political dominion. While Venus's terraforming rating can be increased by a new standard project, the majority of the action comes from the huge amount of cards largely involving the new V for Venus tag and the unfortunately named floaters. Floaters are resources akin to microbes, though they tend to have more direct synergy with one another, causing them to add, remove, and trigger all sorts of floatery goodness for a wide variety of effects. These Venus tags and floaters are also the metrics by which you can earn the new milestone and award, which rest upon cardboard tiles added to the Mars board, though the same limitations of funding of up to three of each still applies. The last new thing is the world government phase, where each active player gets to raise the global parameter per round before handing off the first player token for the new turn. This keeps the pace of the game going quick even with the fourth pillar of development, though the player gains no benefits from this form of terraforming. What's cool? Is it bad that I want to start with the look? I complained in my otherwise glowing Terraforming Mars review that the game's graphic design was kind of ugly and the color scheme could be appropriately titled Disco Thanksgiving. Well, I'm pleased to say that the yellow and blue color scheme just works really well, and the artwork on the cards is pound for pound much better and more consistent than the base game offerings. Additionally, I really like the cards that interact with Venus. It feels like Frixelius really leaned into the thematic resonance between complex real-world science and sensible yet intricate mechanical impact on the board. The vast majority of the cards seem useful, synergistic with multiple strategies, and fun. I especially like many of the new Venus tag cards have prerequisites of other Venus, Earth, and sometimes Jovian tags, hinting at some cool interstellar exploration, connectivity, and diplomacy. Also, I really like the world government phase as it presents some really interesting choices. If you think your opponents are about to snag a bonus for increasing the temperature, raise it up before they can cross that line. Or maybe you are likely to be the only one playing a force next turn, put the slider one step closer to the temperature bonus on the oxygen track, or maybe your cool new corporation gives you bonus cash for increasing the Venus track, sounds like you should bump it up, or maybe you just need one or two more notches in a parameter increase so you can play an important card in your hand. I dig the control and simple yet interesting strategic options that this new phase presents, and keeping this long game from becoming longer is a bonus too. Should you get it? 
Here's where we get to the caveats with Venus next. Mechanically, it's sound, but you have to consider consistency. The project deck in Terraforming Mars is already big, and even more so if you're including that corporate era stuff. Add in nearly 50 new project cards, and the odds of getting the cards that you're used to are drastically lower. So you have to ask yourself, what is it you like about Terraforming Mars? Do you dig sculpting the perfect engine by being able to count on pretty consistent set of cards seeing play throughout the game? Or are you more of the type that likes reacting to what you have and making the best tactical choices given what's available? While I appreciate both aspects of the game, I more so fall into the latter camp. The new project cards are useful and diverse, containing many familiar tags and mechanics that we've all grown reliant on, while still presenting a few new strategies. And besides, if you don't want certain cards, you don't have to buy those projects, which is how Terraforming Mars has always worked. But I have a feeling that some players will argue that more cards dilutes the deck. Fortunately, drafting, if you are up for a longer playtime, eliminates the majority of this problem. What it doesn't eliminate is poor component quality, though. Apparently, a sizable portion of Venus Neck's early run suffered from some quality control issues, resulting in numerous players complaining about cards being miscut by the manufacturer, slightly smaller than the base game cards, and this is true of the copy that they sent to me. If I'm being realistic, it doesn't bother me in practice, but it's still a bummer. The moment I shuffled the Venus Next cards into the main deck, I could feel something was amiss, which led me to the BGG post linked into the show notes here. Fortunately, the co-publishers of Venus Next have come up with a solution where you can mail in a proof of purchase in the form of a select card and receive a replacement deck free. It's not the most elegant solution, but an honest one, and I'm happy to see that gamers are able to get the correct width cards. That said, if you are affected by this and you don't want to go through the replacement process, sleeving your cards will eliminate the problem, or do what I do, play anyway. You may be able to tell that there's a tiny variation in width, but it's not so much that you can easily tell from feel where cards are placed, or if the top card of the deck is from this expansion or other content. So back to the other question of should you get it? For me, it's worth it. I love Terraforming Mars, and the good stuff that Venus Next adds is flavorful and creative while being overall unobtrusive, albeit unnecessary, to the main game. If you had to get one and only one expansion, I'd recommend the awesome Prelude first, which I happen to have just released a video for review for that on the same day as this Venus Next review was posted. But in truth, I really love the experience of all the existing content together. So if you're hungry for more terraforming and the projects on Mars are getting a little bit stale, or you want to add a strategically interesting world government phase to the game, or if you just want the game to be the biggest sandbox that you can possibly get your corporate megalomania thing on, I recommend you check out Venus Next, an expansion to terraforming Mars. Review copy of Venus Next provided by the publisher. yourself a copy of terraforming mars and now you want to know how prelude is i'm telling you it's dope it's awesome you should get it if you have any interest in this video whatsoever you're probably going to love it but you actually want a review so today on the cardboard herald we are giving you our review of prelude expansion to terraforming mars 
This is a slim but potent package, giving you 7 new projects, 5 new corporations, and 35 preludes. The projects and corporations are cool, but as you'd have guessed from the title, the prelude cards are where it's at. During the beginning of the game, when players are choosing their corporations and starting projects, each player is dealt 4 prelude cards, and they get to choose 2 of those to keep, revealed alongside of their corporations. The preludes are one-time benefits that are generally free, allowing you to make interesting strategic decisions to customize your game. Do you lean in heavy to your plant-based strengths, or do you try and make up for your weaknesses by diversifying your production? While some combinations may be a bit stronger than others, each prelude is uniquely powerful and compelling, though never so much as to completely dictate your Martian destiny. Alright, three things of why this expansion is great. First off, it is so easy to integrate. The decisions that you're already used to in Terraforming Mars, you are going to be able to look at these and instantly understand the repercussions of them while still packing a lot of punch and giving you something new. The second thing is that this thing, it, it, it just empowers you in ways that Terraforming Mars already makes you feel awesome. You are making these decisions that are going to further hone your engine into exactly what you want it to be. That's the best part about this game, is seeing how you can just sharpen your production in very specific or very broad ways. If you want to be the Plant King of Mars, you can be the Plant King of Mars. If you want to have all the steel and titanium production, in the world, you can do that. It feels really good to have this initial nudge taking you out of the gate while again never feeling like you are exactly locked in. The third thing that's awesome about it is that it makes this game quicker. Terraforming Mars is a fairly long game on its own, but this initial nudge that I was talking about that's just pushing you out the gates, that's going to give you access to more sorts of terraforming goodness earlier on in the game, which is great. That's going to allow you to have it hit the table more often with more players because it has a quicker time frame, which leads to more access to the variant rules in the back of the rulebook that you may not have already been playing with. That corporate era stuff that you may have been scared of because you had zero production to start with, or the draft rules that add a little extra time as you're swapping cards around, well, these preludes, they're going to allow you to get some use out of that stuff that's been collecting dust in your box. So it's easy to incorporate. It gives you more of the awesome decisions that this game is already about. And it allows you to have more access in a shorter time frame to all the good stuff that is in Terraforming Mars. That said, I think there are a couple things worth mentioning. First off, I don't think this is a very new player friendly expansion. I mean... I know how it is. We're gamers. You're going to invite friends over and you're going to be like, beginner corporations? Ha! Psh, get those out of here. We're going to throw you in the deep end. We're going to give you two corporations. We're going to give you ten project cards. And then all of a sudden, we're throwing four prelude cards at you. And you don't even know what you're doing with any of this. You have no context for the game. And you're already expecting them to make so many decisions. I'm saying that, yeah, you can throw them in the deep end with most of this stuff. But give them a game to figure out how terraforming mars works first off before throwing in the prelude stuff but after they've had one game they got all the context they need they'll be good to go from then on out the second thing worth mentioning is that this box this box it may seem small but it comes with 47 cards and a rule sheet it seems like a little bit of a waste when it could easily hold like four times that amount in here 
And yet, it's not exactly a huge complaint when we're talking about an industry that is notorious for having too big of boxes for too small of products, but I do think this could have been sold in a smaller and perhaps even cheaper package. But those are my only complaints about the expansion. Clearly, I think very highly of it. So it's fun, intuitive, integrates well, and shortens up playtime, giving you more access to all of your stuff. I love it. It is my favorite expansion to Terraforming Mars. It is the best expansion to come out in 2018 so far, and it's probably one of my favorite expansions of all time, period. I love this thing, and if you have any interest in Terraforming Mars, I'm telling you, you are going to love this. That said, the day that I'm posting this, I'm also posting a review for Venus Next, or I guess Venus Prior, because that came out before this one, but you'll figure it out. Anyway, I'll put a link to that in the description to this video. So that is our review of Terraforming Mars Prelude. Thank you so much for watching. I've been Jack for the Cardboard Herald. All right, everyone, we are back with another additional thoughts and review Q&A, this time for all of the Terraforming Mars expansion content, the three that are out so far. I'm sure there's going to be like a bajillion on the horizon. It feels like these are coming out and they are just popping them out like popcorn. There is a lot of terraforming stuff out there or terraforming Mars stuff. And I guess Venus, I don't know. Let me know when there's terraforming Pluto. That's what I want to see on the horizon. Or maybe like some Mass Effect tie-in. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, for those of you who don't know, this is the back half of our TCBH Reviews podcast. The audio version of this video, if you're watching it online on YouTube, is going to get stripped out and put into that podcast. Sometimes we do these and put them up as videos on YouTube, which is what you might be watching right now. If you don't like this format, we have all kinds of heavily edited stuff that is all wonderfully put together and very well received, and you can go find that too. This is just kind of the casual corner where uh, we're going to do some edits, we're going to do some overlay, but it's more so just kind of spilling some thoughts about writing these reviews and how we are reflecting about the creative process and also what we think about what we reviewed now in retrospect. So, Terraforming Mars. I should say right now, if it's not clear, Terraforming Mars is one of my favorite games. I got this for a birthday, the year that it came out. Uh, my buddy Dan got it for me, and you've probably heard about Dan like 10 times on some sort of Cardboard Herald thing in one form or another. He's one of my best gaming buddies. i uh, gone to some conventions with him. Um, anyway, he was like, yo, this really highly sought-after game I know that you're going to be into it, so I'm going to get it for you so he can proceed to beat me like a bajillion times in Terraforming Mars, but whatever, you know, Dan does as Dan does. Anyway, the game, it, it was an instant hit with me. It was one of my favorite games. I played it a ton of times the year that it came out, 2016, and I've continued to play it since just more and more and more and to give you an idea of how much I like it in 2018 here it's not even the very end of the year and I know I've played it over 10 times and for a game that's been out for over 
two years at this point, and it has a, a decent play time to it, like two hours or so for me to play 10 times in a year, that's pretty substantial when you consider how many other board games that I love from my collection that I also make sure that I play and all the new stuff that I'm playing for a review. So that's kind of baseline. I love Terraforming Mars. It is top five, if not the very top of my favorite games. Getting to the expansions, the number one question that I got on all three of these at this point in subsequent discussions has been which is the best expansion yet. And hands down, Prelude is easily the expansion that if you like Terraforming Mars at all, go get it. Just don't even don't even think about it. Like, if you can afford the scratch in order to get Prelude, it's absolutely a no-brainer. It makes the best parts of Terraforming Mars even better, and it gives you kind of asymmetric start points beyond just what the corporations are. Now, there are some people on Reddit who uh, I saw uh, talked about how they took issue with me saying that it might be too much to throw onto a new gamer just to have them deal with all the corporations and all the prelude stuff where I, I saw one person in particular say, I just give them a beginner corporation where they get their 10 cards and all their credits and then give them the four prelude things and then they don't have much to de decide on. And yeah, that's true. But I'd still rather give them corporations to choose from and cards to choose from because that's like the, the fundamentals of the game before just saying, you know what, have a beginner corporation and get the prelude cards. Or at least for me. Like, I, I, I never found the beginner corporations to be that great. Now, the other expansions, uh, I, I mentioned it in the Venus Next review. I dig playing with everything all at once. I, I want it all at once. Uh, the Hellas and Elysium boards, I typically play with them because I've played the basic Terraforming Mars board to death at this point. Though, if I'm honest, I'd probably try and keep it in rotation because I, I don't want it to feel lonely. Just like the other board games in my collection, you know, like, I don't want them to feel lonely by me not playing them, and I make sure to get them to the table from time to time. But, uh, I think that Hellas and Elysium is definitely the lowest impact expansion, and at this point, for my own gaming tastes, it'd probably be the one that I, I would recommend the least, just because it, it really doesn't change much for the game other than the aesthetics that I love and having a little bit of variety. But, Venus Next is the, the real controversial one, and it's been controversial, and I saw that in a lot of the responses and questions that I got, is how much does it really make the game feel like it, it, it's diluted? And I, I don't know. Like, I, I there was one person on Reddit who described it as like a, a parasitic mechanic. You could have an entire game where you don't get any of the Venus cards that you're required to interact with or the floater cards that you're required to interact with with a strategy that you might choose to pursue. And that may be a bummer for you if you are depending on those for that strategy. I don't know. I, I don't really buy it. Like, there, there's enough in there that uh, you can 
have adaptive strategies, there's going to be some luck that's going to be involved based off of what cards come up, but that was already there in Terraforming Mars. You could argue that it's even more so here, but, you know, I, I played games where I was like, I'm doing the Jovian strategy. That's what I'm doing. I'm getting all of them Jupiter cards. And you know what? They never came up or they came up for other people. And you could say that I should probably be drafting, but drafting takes too long, especially when Dan's playing, because Dan's going to sit there and he's going to analyze all those cards and he's going to go, oh, this is the card that Jack most wants. Nope. But um, what Venus provides is better than the the costs. The, the benefits are better than the costs. Yeah, simplest way to put it. Um, I like the look. I, I like having more. I like having more variety. At a certain point, more variety might get too unwieldy, but that, again, doesn't really bother me that much. That brings me to the next thing that I should mention. If you are at all interested in the Broken Token insert, which I highly recommend, I really like the Broken Token insert. Uh, the stuff all fits in the same box, uh, except for Hellas and Elysium. That thing will make it so there's just a tiny gap that is just enough for everything to just go haywire and crazy in there. If you're going to have the broken token insert, which I think is a very, very nice addition to the game to see more play because it's so much easier to set up and manage, then I just keep Hellas and Elysium just right next to your game on the shelf, which is what I do, and it works out well. Everything else packs in the box. As far as the next billion expansions that come down the road, who knows? Now, the the only other thing that I wanted to mention here is kind of like a creative standpoint, a, a reflection on the Cardboard Herald, if you will. It, it, it's interesting because you see the evolution of some of my writing and where I want to spend more depth on, but it's also interesting to see the similarities in each of my expansion reviews. I mentioned this kind of dystopian future where corporations are just hoarding all the resources of a planet and exploiting them for their economic dominion. And that's a testament to how powerful of a theme that I think this game has is that I cannot envision this game without having this kind of sardonic reaction, this, this kind of grim sarcasm as I think about this future uh, real-world scenario in which these mega corporations that are probably on the planet here today uh, have slightly evolved and are now colonizing Mars, and instead of taking the the incredibly benevolent uh, scientific achievement of colonizing Mars and making it something that's positive and going to like save humanity. It is instead going to be a new way for our corporate overlords to maintain humanity's servitude. Maybe that's that anti-disestablishmentarianist in me. I guess the takeaways that I have for you, if you dig terraforming Mars, I'm telling you, prelude, it's the way to go. Maybe it's actually prelude. I'm not sure. Someone out there can correct me. If you're going to go beyond that, if you want consistency, Hellas and Elysium, if you're wanting more to explore and react to and have adaptive strategies that aren't necessarily going to be the, the, the most precise strategy at the beginning, then I think that Venus Next is the way to go. 
Um, but for me, I, I have and like them all uh, and will continue to enjoy playing them. So that's it. Thank you so much for listening and watching the Cardboard Herald. I've been Jack, and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you for listening to the Cardboard Herald. As always, everything we do is ad-free and audience-supported. If you'd like to help keep it that way, find the Patreon link at the top of our webpage, CardboardHerald.com. We have several levels of support with various rewards. If you enjoyed the show, we do a whole bunch of other stuff, including reviews, interviews, and recommendations across writing, podcasts, and video. You can find that on our YouTube channel or by visiting any of our social media or our website. So with that out of the way, thank you again for listening to the Cardboard Herald.